1: Welcome to Killing Time, hosted by two girls, one goth. Who is who?
2: <laughs> I mean, I think I'm a goth thinker, a goth
3: thinker,
1: a goth in the mind. Sure. I mean, my sadness certainly doesn't mean nothing. Yes, that's true. Emotionally goth. Sure. And sometimes, you know,
3: and sometimes I feel like a girl.
1: So, well, you are a gal when you're hanging out with me and Alexis. absolutely yes, always a gal. We saw Billy do a little weird kick thing, like a kick step that was pretty girly (laughs) a little while ago. (laughs) You know, it's great to have a feminine touch. Absolutely. I love it.
3: I'm in touch with my feminine side. I
1: know. And that's why you can get along with girls so well. Yes. it's great. Billy, um, do we want to just jump right into what the dark day is today?
3: I think so, unless we
2: have any housekeeping
1: to do. Do we have any housekeeping? How are you guys doing? I mean, I think we're doing okay. I'm wearing um,
2: a dress today that I thought you... All should know is from the Lady Gang and Express Collection Yes, that I had to get on Poshmark because it was sold out too quickly when I tried to buy it in real time. Yes, wow. it is in very high demand. Honestly, it's the most flattering, amazing dress I've ever worn in my life, and I wear it too much. And I always joke that I look like a little napkin when I wear it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you guys, napkin. <laughs> if we launched a first degree clothing line, mm-hmm. what would the items be in it? Wow. that's Well, a good, I think a good we question. need something yeah. with like a... A little collar, like we need some little. You need like an Alexis Alexis dress, yeah, like yes. a like a
2: Wednesday Adams, like a classic LBD
1: with a collar,
0: mm-hmm. like
1: a, every person's dress. We sitch. definitely need to do our version of the newsboy hat. Like, how do we an acceptable version for Alexis and I? Sure, for the newsboy hat for Billy to an acceptable version of a newsboy hat would be to put it at the end of a like <laughs> pooper scooper. <laughs>
3: Wow. For a yard,
2: like it'd have to be wow. in the hardware department at wow. Home Depot.
3: I thought you were gonna go like put it at the end of the universe and then shoot it into the sky. No, it'd is- be
2: like need to be at uh Osh Orchard Supply Hard Store as a pooper scooper receptacle.
1: Okay,
3: <laughs> Ooh, wow, okay, then that is All actually right.
1: what our new first degree line is gonna be. Yes, <laughs> no, his but- boy pooper scooper.
3: Look yeah. for it now. I don't-
1: <laughs> No, but we, we
2: would have like a Billy sort of t-shirt. We'd have a Jack crop top. We'd need an uh, item for each of us, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. Coming soon. No hats available. No so. hats <laughs> available, yes. <laughs> no hats allowed or available. Uh, right. Okay, Billy, what is the dark day today?
3: So today is September 30th. And
1: Where in does night- the time go, by the way? How is it fall? I am upset. I feel like I barely got to experience summer. Oh, you were overrated. just on tour. You were Come living. On. I was just all over the place, which I was very excited about. Yeah. But
3: it's better than the summer previous. <laughs> this <got> better than.
1: <laughs> we cried a lot last which summer. Which literally
3: was a sad. Summer. Wait, do we
1: want? Did we ever talk about how? Last summer we went, I live on the marina, which has like a little beach area. Mm-hmm. And this is when I was seeing absolutely no one and neither were you guys. You came out to visit Jared and I, and we sat 10 feet away from each other on this little beach mm-hmm. and we got kicked out <laughs> off of the beach by cops. Yes.
3: We like, did. And it
1: was like our only human connection that we had.
2: And we were so Eight happy months. for the cops.
3: We were just like, thank you for talking to us too.
1: <laughs> like, Do you want to have a conversation? Yes. Like I might get COVID for you, but it'll be worth it. Would have been. Got kicked off of the beach. Ugh, that was soul crushing. That was soul crushing. All right, anyways. Anyway,
3: so September 30th and back in 1955, this is the day that James Dean was killed Oof. in California when his Porsche Spider that he was test driving hit a Ford Tudor sedan at an intersection. He was going 85 miles per hour.
1: And that was not in an eighty-five mile per hour zone, my no. friend.
3: And I will always remember the guy that uh, that he ran into was a, a he had a, a amazing name Donald Turnipseed.
1: I know that can't <laughs> yeah. be real. Yeah. yeah, it was real.
3: He was a twenty-three year old student from Cal Poly, and um, you know we're going to get into the car. Yes, that James Dean was driving, which he nicknamed, and he only bought it nine days earlier.
1: Yeah, he had just bought the car,
3: and he nicknamed this car the Little Bastard. And the Little Bastard had a life that was so entangled with death as it went on, because James Dean died, but this car went on, and it 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 is more than Christine. Like everyone talks about, like haunted cars, Christine. Yeah. This car, because it was. Chopped up, broken up, and his, its parts went into different places, and then it wreaked havoc and caused death in numerous locations. So we're going to talk wow. about that in True Crime Rewind.
1: Do, is that something that happens with cars? Like when cars go through an accident? I think an expensive car, like a Porsche. Then they're going to take the Especially pieces.
2: back then, there were even fewer Porsches than there are now. Now they have abilities to mass produce in and- in ways that back then they couldn't have understood. So I, I'm sure they were chopping shit up and repurposing every chance they got because those parts were so expensive and it was a European import. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Um, still is, but not, I mean, things were a lot more slow moving back then. No, this is
3: 1955. And by, by the way, so James Dean had been quoted because he loved to drive fast. And in regards to dying in a car crash, he quoted saying, what better way to die? It's fast and clean and you go out in a blaze of glory.
1: That's so crazy. And I do want to make note, and we're gonna play this. James Dean, he filmed a PSA for safe driving, and this was like right before he died. And we're gonna play a clip of that right now.
4: We probably have a great many young people watching our show tonight, and for their benefit, I'd like your opinion about fast driving on the highway. Do you think it's a good idea?
5: That's a good point. I uh I used to fly around quite a bit, you know. I took a lot of unnecessary chances on the highways.
3: And I started racing, and, uh, and now I drive on the highways, and I'm uh, extra cautious. Because you know, no one knows what they're doing half the time. You don't know what this guy's going to do with that one. On a track, there are a lot of men who spend a lot of time
2: developing rules and uh, ways of safety. And uh,
5: I find myself being very cautious on the highway. I don't have the urge to, to speed on the highway. People say racing is dangerous, but... I'll
3: take my chances on the track any day than on a highway.
4: Do you have any special advice for the young people who drive?
5: Take it easy driving. The life you might save might be mine. You know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to jump all into this James Dean haunted car. Not haunted. No,
2: cursed no, car. No, it's kind of cu- I mean, cursed, haunted, haunted whatever it is.
3: Cursed
1: yeah. or, or whatever
2: the bad luck, whether it's a f- self-fulfilling prophecy, who mm. knows? I mean, we can't deny that sometimes we see a string of events connected yes. to an event or mm. to an item that... Is undeniable, and is, I think this, we see that here.
1: This is undeniable. It yeah. is fucking crazy, and I had no idea about it until we started researching it. So we're going to jump into that for True Crime Rewind, but before then, we have got some bitching to do. We sure do. We do.
3: Please rise. Court is now session. All rise. Call the first witness. How do you plead guilty or not guilty?
1: Okay, welcome to On the Stand. Every single week, we are bringing something to the stand. Person, place, thing, idea, Theory? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to bring. Mm-hmm. And we're either going to debate it. Nope. We're going to prosecute it. <laughs> I don't know where my brain is tonight. No, we
2: do debate it. I mean, that is true.
1: We're prosecuting it or defending it. And then at the end, we're each going to vote if it's guilty or not guilty. Then we bring it to all of our followers and see sure. how you know how everybody is feeling about said idea. And again, to remind you, what we bring to the stand is what we're debating, not our opinions of it. Sure. So... If I bring champagne to the stand, mm. you're voting on it, guilty or not guilty. Do you like champagne? Do you not like champagne?
2: Well, another thing, a way you guys can all look at it is that, are we prosecuting or are we defending? Yes. You know? So if we're saying we 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 like something, it's coming to the stand, it's... it's we're pro- prosecuting we're def- it. we're, Yeah. Or we're defending. No way. It's <laughs> something that's... Oh, gosh. I just made this <laughs> harder. No. We bring something to the stand that sort of has a bad rap and we're bringing it up to defend it. Hmm. And something yes. that has
1: a... Good rap that actually is the devil. Yes, then we overrated. are exactly mm-hmm. okay. So we thought that we would do a because of you know James Dean and the infamous crash. We're going to do a little car themed on the stand today. Mm. So I'm really interested to see what Billy has to bring today.
3: Yes. Now I know in the past it has been hard for me to come up with on the stands, but this one yes. was very easy.
2: Okay. Because I gave it to you in a group chat.
3: No. (laughs) And and it goes back to, you don't remember, you might not even remember this, Alexis. So uh, Alexis and I filmed a television show called Unraveled, which you can get on Discovery Plus and soon on ID. And we were driving in, on Long Island, we were driving towards a, a shoot in Queens. And I was like, okay, we're going to Queens. I'm driving. I put on music. Now, the music I put on going into Queens, I think we were going near Hollis is I put on Run DMC, Rockbox, one of the greatest, you know, legendary songs of all time. Not a Bell. Alexis, (laughs) maybe 30 (laughs) seconds into it, says, can we change this? Mm. What I'm putting on the stand is, if you're not driving, (laughs) shut the hell up. You have no right to ask for anything On the radio. So
1: we're saying backseat DJs, I'll say.
3: Backseat DJs, side DJs. No. Mm,
1: Okay.
2: Here's my response to that. Um, You, Billy Jensen, have done several TV shows. You are an acclaimed New York Times bestseller. You have had lots of experiences on your way to shoots. I wanted a song that would hype me up. And I didn't know that one. And I think it's case by case basis. I'm going to say you are wrong. I'm going to say, you should take into consideration the event, the occasion, the person sitting next to you, and what kind of experience you're trying to curate. And that should be a shared decision. So I'm going to
1: say, um, guilty, guilty, not guilty, not guilty. You're going to say
3: not guilty. Yes. All right.
1: Why are we confusing ourselves so much? I don't know, because our listeners screwed us up because they're like, what does it mean? And we were
2: so clear on this before. Um, Billy, no. Do you see my perspective? Though, like, I didn't know that I, one. I, I wanted I, to. I, I do it a little bit. It was my first. Te- it was like one of my. Fir- it was literally my first TV shoot ever.
1: Yeah, but, and you and wanted to control
2: done- the vibe. <laughs> it's not fair. Here,
1: this, it, you know what? This this is now an overarching overarching theme with Billy Johnson is he does not know how to read the room or share for a music chat. That's choice, correct? He puts on fucking bagpipes when we come over. <laughs> so. <sighs> I I have mixed thoughts about it. When mm-hmm. Jared drives, he always lets me DJ. Mm-hmm. But I don't expect to DJ if I'm going in somebody else's car that I usually don't drive with. Like, I would expect that they'd be the one curating the music. Mm-hmm. 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 So I do agree with your main point. However, if it, a time-place thing happening that you want to have a curated, like, combined vibe. Mm-hmm. Plus this is a shared rental vehicle <laughs> that was belonged to both of us. So it's not Billy Jensen's car. Correct. Mm. It was our shared expedition.
3: Whoever is driving owns the car. Except opinion.
2: they're always like, Hey, Hey, you change the music. Cause they, they want to keep their hands on the wheel. So is it really do
3: that? I don't know. Uh, You don't really
2: like to drive, so this is a very specific... (laughs) The one time he's driven. He doesn't... Billy also, just so everyone knows, he doesn't like to drive. He wants anyone else to drive. He hates driving because he wants to check Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) tell me i'm wrong no
3: i just like to chill (laughs) so does everybody else that doesn't i'd be like hey billy
2: i'm doing my own makeup on this tv show can you please drive so
1: i can do my makeup he'd be like no
3: of course i would (laughs) drive
1: okay anyways um i'm gonna say backseat dj i'll say i say it's guilty I say mistrial. Yes, it's, it's, it's too. No
3: mistrial. No, you just lost.
1: It's too broad. You lost again. It is a vague it's too broad. broad
2: you should term. have been more specific. When it's your car, oh, like okay, whatever. fine, guilty.
1: Okay, I'm gonna go. <laughs> so what I'm putting on the stand today is unnecessary phone calls in the car. Yes, this is I might be one of my top three pet peeves in the entire world is when you're driving with somebody, whether you're the driver or the passenger and somebody gets a call or they decide to make a call that they do not need to be making and have a full on conversation in the car with you there like your Uber driver because I've had that happen a lot. I mean, an Uber driver is fine because you're not interacting with them at all. But if, like, if you're driving with your friend somewhere and their friend just decides to call their boyfriend to like catch up or something like that and have a whole conversation about a meaningless thing, it is so annoying. It's rude. And so rude and it's unnecessary. Rude. Yeah, but people do it all the time. I hate car conversations. So, unless somebody is dying or unless it's a very, very important conversation, Don't answer the phone. Don't pick up the phone to call somebody. Leave it for when you land or when you land. Leave it for when you arrive and you can walk off into the distance and nobody has to listen to your conversation. By the way,
3: Jack is so hip that she has a flying car. That's why she said, (laughs) leave it when she can land.
1: Honestly, in old times, they didn't have cell phones
2: and they didn't talk during car rides. It was all fine. And honestly, this is why people should avoid their phones when they're driving. You can get the bad news when you get home. Yes. Like- Imagine the liberty of people who didn't have cell phones when bad news approaches you at every corner and you can't get it till you get home to your landline and check your voicemail. Uh, how
1: nice would that be to drive before phones? You're mm. literally just a in sweet. a little slice of heaven. Other than the GPS, yeah, I would have
3: enjoyed mm. that. You know what? It, it was so much and better. And getting <laughs>
1: lost and not.
3: Yes, exactly. When you stuck. Had a map. Printing
1: out MapQuest
3: yeah. directions not before even, you or left or the Or buying house. Like, like a Hagstrom map, which was like these maps that they used to have on Long Island. I would be all about getting rid of the internet, and getting rid of cell phones. Let's do it.
2: I mean, <laughs> Let's we can start it. writing
1: letters again. <laughs> things would
2: get a lot more romantic, that's
1: for sure. I know, things would get ro- more romantic. Just imagine the the sonnets Jared would write you. <sighs> I'm going to make him do it. Yeah, he'll do it. I think you should. All right, Alexis, what's on the stand for you? All
2: right, this is very specific, but I think a lot of people resonate. Okay. I'm defending... Having several bags of goodwill donations in your trunk at all times.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> For months at a time, in Oh, fact. my God. I think I have, like, five in my <laughs> trunk right now. So mm-hmm. I've been called out recently um, on the fact that I've had garbage bags full of goodwill donations in my trunk for months mm-hmm. and i'm like well i'm not done i'm still collecting donations at home <laughs> <laughs> and i don't want to go to goodwill more than once even though there's one literally on my street they're, they're everywhere yeah. like i get gas i do make inconvenient stops i stopped here to get beer on the way like i make yeah. inconvenient stops all the time why i feel this strange need to hoard goodwill bags in my trunk yes until my whole house is purged of, of donations, which will never happen because no, I do it like steep, once a month. You'll keep getting shit It's just daily. I think everyone's guilty of this, though. Like, I think women especially do it. Maybe men do it. But like, tell me, I mean, have you had goodwill donation bags in your trunk for prolonged periods of time?
3: Absolutely. I actually have <laughs> an old car that is sitting in my garage Back, at, back in Phoenix, that still had that I haven't donated for five years, and it actually has do- <laughs> <laughs> donation like that's the meta. It actually has donation bags inside of it.
2: What it's kind of car is nesting it? dolls? <laughs> what kind of yes? It's donations a, upon donation. It's yeah. a
3: Saturn view.
2: Oh, oh, whose is it? It's
3: mine. And I'm back in the day.
2: You're just so. Here's the thing, you're just attached to it. Otherwise, no, you would have handled it. No, Billy,
3: I, you... I had to get the title, and then like you know the whole. I'm just a you,
2: you take initiative on really trivial shit. Like there's <laughs> a re- there's some psychological meaning for you not donating this. But my point is, I think we all deal with this. I think it's like, hey, I have this stuff in my trunk it pained me to get rid of it, but it's in my trunk. It's almost gone. And I think it's the phase before we let it go. Like it's a grace period. Like what if I need
1: it in this six month period where it's in my trunk? No, mine isn't even that mine is just, it's the same thing where it seems like this really annoying task that you have to do, but in reality, it takes you literally One two mo- minutes. One moment. You One just moment. have to take them out of your trunk and get rid of them.
2: But I'm saying it's like it, we all have this psychological block where it's like a thing
1: we didn't really want to get rid of because we bought it once and liked it now, once. This Now, you're talking about actually going through your closet and getting rid of shit. I have shit that still has tags on from five years ago that I'm like, maybe I'll wear it this year. <laughs> well, it all funnels down where well, we actually do decide to get rid of it. We put it in our trunk and then we're like...
2: We'll just sit there for six months. Yeah. But my point is I'm defending this process because eventually, at least for
1: me, it does make its way to the donation center. Yeah. That's once you end up taking new garbage bags out and they don't all fit in your trunk. So you have to move the old ones out before you put the new ones in. Right. And you're like, it's, it's just the state of limbo that they sit in. The state for. of
2: limbo where I think most people in the Americas, I mean, North and South and our regular America, <laughs> all have goodwill bags in your trunk. And I'm defending it. And I think uh, we should forgive ourselves. And you keep putting those donations in the trunk because it helps the donation centers. That's right. Get them out there eventually. And you know what? If you're doing it because you're afraid to purge these items, be patient with yourself. Give yourself this grace period. (laughs) And you are entitled
1: to hoard the goodwill bags to your delight. I love it. That was was very nice. Not guilty. Not Not guilty. Not guilty. Woo! All right. Well, this when, is not an ad for Goodwill. Is, <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, it is time for some true crime rewind.
2: It's almost summer, and the best and most sustainable way to shop for a new season is on therealreal.com. The Real, Real is the largest and most trusted source for authenticated luxury resale. It's the only place you'll find brands like Hermes, Cartier, Prada.
0: Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod five zero for 50% off.
6: True crime. Ah, It's rewind time.
3: Hello, everyone, and welcome to True Crime Rewind. We talked about James Dean at the top of the episode And we're going to talk about the car. Now, the car was a poor spider that Mm -hmm. he died in. He gave it the nickname "Little Bastard," which I love. Nine days later, he was dead.
2: Is it "Little Bastard" with an L-I-L apostrophe? No, No. like a rapper. It's
3: 1955. Little Bastard. It's 1955 now,
2: or (laughs) maybe it was little, little, little bastard. Yeah, wasn't. British? But at the 50s, (laughs) we all just came over from England only a few decades
3: prior. (laughs) We're all so British. Something like that. Well, speaking of of British, so a week before the crash, Dean met Alec Guinness in Los Angeles. This is Now, Alec Guinness famously played, I mean, he was was an amazing actor. He was knighted, but he famously played Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm. Now, Guinness looked at the Porsche And he wrote in his diary, the sports car looked sinister to me, (laughs) exhausted, hungry, feeling a little ill-tempered in spite of Dean's kindness. I heard myself saying in a voice I could hardly recognize as my own, please never get in it. If you get in that car, you will be found dead in it by this time next week.
1: How ominous is that? Wow. And he just, like something overcame him and he just... Felt that that there's something Is he alive. Eerie.
3: Alec Guinness? No, he he passed away, but he lived a long longer life because he never got in that damn car.
2: We should examine his writings because <laughs> it sounds very prophetic.
3: Yes, yes. Well, you know what? He was a Jedi. He was the first Jedi we ever really met. So, all right we now, met? he was Obi Wan Kenobi. Star Wars. Did you not listen uh, to oh, the first? Yes.
2: sure, sure.
3: So now, a few weeks after the crash, the car was being transported, and it apparently fell off a trailer. And killed the truck driver.
1: Which is insane.
3: Yes. Now, then a guy, uh, Dr. William Esrich, he bought it from a salvage yard in Burbank, right up the street, and stripped it for parts. He took the Porsche's engine and put it in his own Lotus 9 race car. And then he gave the transmission and the suspension parts to another guy he knew named Troy McHenry. Now, Esrich crashed his Lotus. He survived, but McHenry hit a tree and died. So he was using the parts that's range missing and the suspension, uh, parts from the original Porsche. He died. So now, the,
1: that's two people killed. That's two after people. James that's two people. Ki-
3: yes. Now George Barris. Now George Barris is very famous. He's also right up the road here. He's the guy that created the Batmobile. Mm. He also created the Munster's car. Oh, really? Like, he was the guy that like, if you needed a weird car, in Hollywood, you would go to George Barris. Oh, and, I love and he that. and he's got a um a showroom right over there on Riverside. Now he actually bought the car then for parts. When they were trying to get the parts off the car, the car's engine slipped and then broke the legs of one of his mechanics. Then somebody bought the transmission again from Dean's car, and a guy named William Eskerid. And he's driving in his car with that same transmission from the little bastard. He flips his own car with that transmission. He survives, but he sustains serious injuries.
1: This car is just reeking.
3: Yes. Then (laughs) he sells a pair of tires from Dean's car, which reportedly blew out at the same time and caused the driver to veer off the road. So Barris is just freaked out. So, so far... It's car that, you know, James Dean's car has caused six injuries and two deaths. He said there was something strange about this particular car, a feeling, bad vibrations and aura. Everything that car has touched has turned to tragedy.
1: I don't know why people still wanted parts of this car. I have an alternate theory.
2: What? I mean, we're looking back to the 1950s.
0: Hmm?
2: First of all, drunk driving was allowed. There was no laws. <laughs> That's true. Second of all, there were no traffic laws. Really. Mm-hmm. Third of all, there weren't the same sort of uh, standards put on the cars to make sure they were suitable for driving. We didn't have the same sort of safety standards. Exactly. Uh, plus like it was like a live fast, die young vibe. Like there weren't really speed limits. I don't think either. I mean, well, I think also, we're dealing with
1: a lot of shit here. This is true. Cause some of the, the guys that did take those parts in the beginning, I think were also racing mm-hmm. guys. They're, they're, yes, they're like they were. two race drivers. I think yes. so we have to look at the, and I'm just playing devil's
2: advocate. Cause I do believe there is something here in that there was a lot of tragedy connected to the parts of this car that being said though looking at examining the time it was much more reckless mm-hmm. in general and we're dealing with a Porsche which is a high speed vehicle if those you know those parts are going to other high speed vehicles people are buying Porsches when they're rich and don't give a fuck and when they're rich and they want to race
3: now let me interrupt you for a second alexis barris also at one point gave the car to the california highway control so they could use it for training exercises
2: Patrol or control? Control.
3: What is that? It, just like people that like w- were in, involved in the safety for the uh, the highways as they were starting like to build Caltrans? the highways. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like
4: that. I mean, okay. I guess a little bit. Yeah.
3: It was in a garage where it was being stored. The garage mysteriously burned down. But you know what? The car? Unscathed.
2: Mm, seems like lore. I'd like to see some photos from that. <laughs> there was
1: photos from it. I saw them. What? Yeah. Is it true? Uh-huh. Yeah. Eh. So, I'm playing devil's advocate in this episode.
3: So then the car vanished in 1960, and it was in a, a boxcar on a train going from Miami to L.A. And apparently when it got to L.A., Barris opens up the boxcar, and it's gone. Just disappeared. There's a $1 million reward for its return.
1: That is just – it's a very strange timeline for this car. Very strange. Very spooky. Indeed. Mm.
3: Now, there are, you know, this got us talking about other celebrities who have died in car wrecks. And it's a gigantic list. Mm -hmm. You know, you go from Grace Kelly, who was a, you know, you talk about the Princess Diaries. I mean, this is her. A Hollywood movie star that becomes the Princess of Monaco. She loses control of her vehicle in 82. And she drives off. A mountain, basically.
2: Oh, whoa.
3: I didn't know that. We've got Paul Walker. Do you know what
2: kind of car she was driving? I'm not sure. I don't know. I'd be interested to know.
3: Paul Walker was driving a Porsche as well. Mm-hmm. You know, he died in 2013.
2: Well, another thing about the Paul Walker car wreck, I know a guy, I met a guy, and his little brother actually was in the area, and went to the scene and stole a piece of Paul Walker's car and tried to sell it on the black market and got arrested. Good. Oh, 100%. Jesus. Mm-hmm. 100%. But we, I think we fail to recognize like the residual sort of, uh, I don't know. Lore is the wrong word, and I use it already, but it's just like people see opportunity when these things happen, and they want to exploit it, which is really sad, mm-hmm. um, especially... Given how tragic and and uh, unexpected car wrath, yeah. wreck fatalities are, yet we're all susceptible to it, mm-hmm. you know. And I think, but people are always going to try to exploit everything, which is sad.
3: Well, one of the most famous uh, cases is Jane Mansfield, uh, who was an actress in Los Angeles. She, she was thirty-four. She was driving on a highway. She went sort of underneath a, a tractor trailer, oh. and the the the. People had said that she had gotten decapitated. I don't think she did, but the Jane Mansfield death car was actually taken on tour and shown to like different people.
2: Well, uh, and yeah. it's worth noting that Jane Mansfield is Mariska Hargate's mother. That's right from Law and Order's view. And but I I heard that she had been decapitated in that car wreck, but. Is that not true? It, it
3: goes it goes back and forth. You read some people some places say she was, some places say she wasn't. Now you've also got uh, Randy Macho Man Savage, who mm. died in a uh, in a car accident. He did. Yep. Sam Kinnison, which is really sad because apparently he had gotten. Um, uh, control of his addictions, and then he got hit by a drunk driver when he was only 38 years old.
1: Oh man,
3: George Patton, who who had fought like the Nazis and everything, and mm-hmm. then he gets killed when he comes back on his way to a hunting trip. Uh, Left I Lopez, you know. Well,
2: that's no Tina, Left eye Lopez died in a plane, plane crash. I thought that was Aaliyah, but did, I thought Tina did too. I don't know, anyways.
3: Uh, Cliff Burton died in a bus accident um, uh, from the the original basis for Metallica. Harry Chapin, who wrote Cats in the Cradle, died on the Long Island Expressway. Wow. And, of course, one thing that I didn't know, Tim Hortons, which is now invading America, Tim Hortons Donuts, Tim Hortons Coffee, everybody loves it. He was a former hockey player. He actually died when he lost control of his Pantera sports car in 1974.
2: Also, Lisa Lopez did die in a car crash in Honduras. So I was confused.
3: So, all we have to say to that is buckle up.
2: Buckle up. Yes. Yeah, buckle up. And I think it's worth noting that far, you know, we all are immersed in true crime and in, are obsessed with sort of the malice of other humans, but more people do die in car wrecks. So, I think vehicle safety. <laughs>
1: should be at the forefront of all of our minds. <laughs> that is right. It blows my mind when people don't wear seatbelts. Is that a thing? Yes. Like some people just still do not wear seatbelts and it is the craziest like I'll get in a car with me. I'm like, "Are you going to ever put that on?" Well, but now
2: cars yell at you for not wearing it, so they buckle it and sit on it. Instead, they'll cuz like I'll put my backpack on my seat and it'll yell at me for not buckling up. Right. So I think it's like a top But then I have to buckle up my backpack, (laughs) which I'm like, this trusty cargo is all safe and sound. Hey, listen,
1: if there's a a computer in there, it needs to be buckled up.
2: 100%. That being said, though, it's like there's a reason your car manufacturer is telling you to buckle up. It's like statistically, it's safer. Do it, people. Yes. Buckle up. PSA.
3: That's right. So there you go. (laughs) Buckle up and... I know you're all going to buckle up, which is good. I know you're all going to drive safely, which is good. But you've also done a lot of really, really bad things. (laughs) And you're going to tell us about those things right now, because we are going to come back and listen to the Worsty Firsties.
1: Worsty
0: Firsties. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. You are a horrible person. What's the worst thing you've ever done?
2: Sinners, come one, come all. You're all bad. We're bad. We're here to revel in that naughtiness together because you know what we've all been there yeah Mm. i look around this table before me jacqueline and and william here they aren't perfect nor am i
1: no 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 and
2: uh we're here to make you feel better about Mm. these things that you feel so terrible about this consider this your confession booth consider this your therapy and be prepared to be absolved we're going to start right now with numero
0: uno
6: so, my council of ladies said that I should call you all up with this story. Uh, this was in my mid twenties, so a few decades ago. Uh, I was at a gas station and was speaking to the gas attendant there and, um, they said, you know, you know, whatever about the windshields and stuff. And the gentleman behind me came up to me and, um, said, Hey, what, you know, what do you do? And I was working a shit, you know shit job as a telemarketer at the time and really hated my job and everything. And he's like, well, I've got to, you know, I I own my own business and I want you, you know, I'm looking for sales people. And I was like, awesome. Was like, what do you sell? And he wouldn't tell me. And, you know, we chatted a while longer and he just wouldn't, he was being very, he, he, he just wouldn't say what he sold or what his business was, but he wanted to meet with me. I was just excited to get out of telemarketing. So uh we we you know exchanged contact information and we we split ways and i went back to my back to my apartment and my buddy was there and i was telling him hey you know i told him about the, the meeting and he's like dude they're they're going to rape and pillage you man and i was like well no you know he's offering me a job and he's like no nah, man you are you're, you're going to get raped and pillaged and i was like well i, I don't want to be raped and pillaged so as much as i didn't want to be raped and pillaged i also wanted a different job so me and my buddy came up with a plan so i contact the guy offering him the job and we meet up at a local burger joint and i make sure that we sit in a particular spot to where i can see the entryway and i've got the fire exit behind me so my back is to the wall his back is is to the entrance and we've got a window, a glass pane window to our right. Now, through the window out in the parking lot, which is completely blacked out, there's no light, is my buddy. Who has an AR-15 with about 90 rounds of you know, ammunition with him. Wait, I mean, it was stupid. In the back seat, he also had a shotgun that was meant for me so that if things went sideways, I could get out through the fire fire exit and then we could lay waste to whoever's going to rape and pillage. So me and the guy sit down and we start talking and the guy is selling Amway. So my council of ladies said I need to call because of the MLM discussion on the last podcast. Um, yeah. This is by far not the worst thing that I've ever done in my life, but it is one of those things, um, many of the worst things I need to look up statues of limitations on, and uh, I usually don't talk about it unless I've had a couple bottles of wine.
2: All right. I want to start by saying that, wow, your voice is disarming. No, I'm like, am I sexually attracted to you? Like, <laughs> why am I want to know more about you, frankly? I, I mean, uh, I
1: love our firsties. Yeah. Everybody that has called, the way that they tell stories is so gripping, mm. and I need to know what's going to happen next. Need to know, and there's humor, Ooh. and there's one-liners. Like yes. there is everything, and in there these was stories. like a
2: culmination, and like it was honestly your delivery. That's I think I'm attracted to the, the delivery of your story. No,
1: I mean, and then uh, the, the, deep the crescendo voice. being. He was selling Amway. Amway. <laughs> <Yes>. Amway. <laughs> and, you know,
2: Amway is one of the oldest, most quintessential MLMs. I think it's the first MLM. And that being said, the irony here is not that you were going to shoot this Amway convert. Mm-hmm. The, the irony here is that you still needed that to protect yourself from an MLM. That yeah. is. So, Very the true. ironic is that your instincts, your friend's instincts were not wrong. Yes. Um, in that, you know, you did dodge a bullet, so to say.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you, you no, do, and so did they. <laughs>
3: so
2: did also they. Also
1: dodged a few bullets. Hella bullets. Yeah.
3: I also like his use of, of words and terms. His council of ladies.
4: Council. He, How he, do so, I join said yeah, yeah, council?
3: Yeah. Yes. A man that has a council of ladies is always a good thing. I mean, Obsessed. honestly,
2: you sound like clergy. <laughs> I know. Or monarch.
1: <laughs> yes. And if either
2: are true, you need to send us more messages like I
1: need to know more can you just send us a picture of
2: yourself (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: because honestly like
2: the illusion this sort of picture you're you've painted of yourself I is worth following up on yes
3: and I also love the fact that he said I don't want to be raped and pillaged now when you say when you think of raped and pillaged you typically think of a town yes like the pirates person the, the pirates came in and raped and pillaged this town. Right. It's very, yes. But he's talking about himself, which I've never actually heard that used <laughs> for a specific person. I didn't want no. to be raped and pillaged.
2: But like, honestly, raping and pillaging goes so far beyond the physical. It's like your soul can be pillaged. Yeah. Mm. And he knew that With perhaps, no, that's what MLM was not do. wrong. He wasn't wrong. And also it's like, Hey, this guy could be taking you for all your worth and, and God knows
3: what ways. Yes. So I, and I also will say this to our firsties, If you are ladies, get yourself a counsel and then start talking to your male friends and then have them call in because that's the way we're going to make society better. No,
1: we're on a roll right now with all of our men callers. We've had men like callers for the past couple episodes and they really, they bring it. Gals, you need to step up your game. They bring it. Because every single caller that we've had that's been a guy has been like, A plus content. Yes. A plus. And I just have to say, after listening to him, I just have an idea of what he might look like. In my mind, this guy wears bootcut jeans with a cowboy boot Uh, underneath. Oh, my gosh. He has- Do you? He has dark brown hair. I don't know your name, but do you? A mid-length beard. Wow. And he has dark eyes. Maybe. And he sort of looks like Robert Downey Jr. Oh, shit.
2: (laughs) Honestly. So send us a picture so I know here, if I'm right. <laughs> even if, listen, if this is true, uh-huh. this whole idea of this spooky ghost car is correct. Because that means you can transmit sort of energetic ideas. Yes. I'm fully open to the possibility that you look like the complete opposite of what Jack said. That being said, you haven't crushed my spirit yet. No. I mean, he's lifting my spirit. Honestly, we're attracted to you even if you're a fucking uh, fire hydrant, frankly, <laughs> okay. because of your storytelling abilities. Love it. So on to the next. Yes. Call us back. Once you know the statute of the limitations, we want to hear your other stories, by the way. Uh, yes, please.
5: Hi. Um, okay. The worst thing I've ever done. I'm, I don't know why I'm nervous right now. So the worst thing I've ever done was probably one of the best things I've ever done. Um, I got arrested at a One Direction concert um, when I was 25. Uh, so it was a couple, more than a couple of years ago, but um, it was epic. And I was with my friend. We snuck backstage at the concert venue and just somehow ended up in a room where they happened to have some staff shirts. And we took the staff shirts and put them on and started walking around backstage and ended up seeing all of the guys, mostly Niall. We hung out with him for a little bit. And then he helped us come to our senses and was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? We should probably leave. So we were like, oh, yeah, that's probably a good idea. We tried to leave. Um, and next thing you know, we were getting swarmed by security, but not before walking by Harry Styles and practically melting. Um, it was just it was it was amazing. But. Anyways, um my friend and I got arrested. We had to go to court a couple days later and we kinda got off easy. Like well actually backtrack. We went to jail for a few hours and we were in a jail cell, which um is something I never want to do again, but looking back it was pretty hysterical. Um, we went on a roller coaster of emotions that night from laughing hysterically to crying because we didn't know, you know. What this was going to be for our future. Um, five years later, I can say that it only came up once at a job that we actually both were working at. Um, and they asked, you know, us to explain the situation and we said wrong place at the wrong time at a concert. And they asked what concert when we said one direction, they said you could have made up a better band. Um, but anyways, yeah, it was kind of the best night of my life, but definitely the worst thing I've ever done. Um, my family knows about it, but her parents still don't. So, uh, hope they don't hear this. All right. Love you guys. Oh, my God. I am obsessed. The things we
1: do for the things we love. Mm-hmm. You know, that is so true. I love that she got to quote unquote hang out with Niall. Yeah, I don't think so. And he's like, uh, are you sure
2: you should be doing this? It sounds like you confessed what you had done to him. And he tried to talk. He was like, should you be doing this? And it also sounds like he ratted you out. Because no. how did well,
3: security start swarming that's, you that's after? That's the thing. Yeah. It's just like, Niall... Come on! Is
2: he a rat? Is Niall a rat?
3: Not Ni- Nile! Come on! I-, I mean, listen. I know that there's some security uh, issues here. I know you're very popular. I had no idea who the hell you are. I just Googled you. Who he- is Nile? You- I
1: love Nile. He's my favorite member of Harry One Styles Direction. Harry Styles is my favorite.
3: He gets well, t- wow. He gets
1: way to be original.
3: He gets. he gets <laughs> t- <I> <laughs> He gets two million likes on every Instagram. Post no, that Niall he does. is
1: the cute little blonde boy from One Direction. His music is so good. Way better than Harry. Does Styles. he have a solo career? Yes. And what? it's his. His music is so... Okay. He drinks really? he, he drinks, you know he drinks Guinness.
3: Song. Okay.
1: No, Niall is amazing. He'd be the one that I would go to try to hang out with because I love blondes. But anyways, <laughs> um, I don't think that you were hanging out with him, but I love that you think that yourself. It's like when I thought I was hanging out with Britney Spears when I not? was like in the same room as her once.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, in the staff shirts, I could see how it's like, hey, Niall, you got to do this. And he might have listened. You know? Like... That being said, it sounds like you added yourself, and I want to know more. Like, did you say at some point, like, we're not really staff? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how this all culminated. Mm-hmm. Because if that's the case, I need you to hear me loud and clear. You're not a bad person. You literally admitted your fraud no, none up of this front. No, none of this is bad. Honestly, be- this is a victimless crime. Well, yes.
1: no, this is literally what I would do just on a smaller scale when I was younger. We would like. When I would sneak backstage at concerts, but instead it would be like a follow-up boy concert or something like that but we all do it it's every girl's mm-hmm. dream when you're younger is to be backstage and somehow n- bump into a band guy and then maybe make out with them and then marry him one day you know victimless crime victimless yes. and listen it happened to the it happened to all the hansons um wives they were Mbappin all bopping all around They're and Mbappin. literally it's the same shit we all did before
2: we were 21 getting into clubs like you were misleading but you know what, it happens a lot. Mm-hmm. And this is the best thing. And I understand when you were in a jail cell laughing and then crying, you're like, this is all for one direction. It sure was. Yes. And you did it. And, and it you was fucking worth it. doubled down and it was worth it. And now you have an amazing story to tell. Yes. So you should only feel good about this. I love it. Anything else?
4: No. Billy?
3: Absolutely not. On to Nothing the next. else.
4: Hi, I'm a huge fan. Um I'm debating on this or another story, so maybe I'll just do both. Um but So this happened in, like, middle school, right before I went into high school, and I had a friend, and I was friends with her through high school, but I hated her the whole time I was friends with her, because that's just how high school, like, you know, friendships work or whatever. But she was a horrible, horrible friend, like, the most narcissistic person I've ever met. She just wanted everything I had, and she was just one of those girls. Like, I bet y'all could picture a girl like that. And she had a really young and hot mom, and she would always make me feel bad for my mom, who was Asian and, you know, small. So she made the soccer team, and since she always bragged about her mom being a MILF, I started a rumor that she only got on the soccer team because her mom slept with the soccer coach. And... It's only the worst thing I've ever done because I did it completely out of spite, but I really have no regrets. Um, I just find out, though, that the soccer coach was a girl, so that added an interesting twist onto that rumor, but a lot of people believed it, and she was really pissed, but I think I could have done worse, so, yeah, thanks. So...
2: I love this for you. Um, I think there are a lot worse channels of processing grief. Um, And you know what? Some people in high school made up some shitty rumors about me, and I fucking made it through, first of all. Second of all, you know what? Your friend sounds like a terrible person, and I had one of those in high school, just like the worst, most malicious persons ever as my friend. And you know what? Because I was such a nice, calm, accommodating person... I acted out in mysterious ways because I was <laughs> not equipped emotionally yet to stick up for myself in a healthy way. Right. So is that good that I did that? Is it good that it, it materialized in like backhanded ways? Definitely not. And hopefully as an adult, you've transcended that and you've learned how when someone irritates you to either cut them out of your life or address it. But the way you handled that is very typical of that age.
1: No, it's, this is literally like a quintessential experience of a high school student. Right, because
2: like we don't know how to stick up for ourselves in a meaningful way, so it's like you have to, and you're you're worried about the repercussions of sticking up for yourself to this popular like narcissistic person. So, so your sort of reaction and response to them materializes in in this other way, which is creating a rumor about someone. I just love the twist. I mean, what a. An, a great Honestly, twist the twist the story. makes it amazing. And also, you know, less, I don't want to say less believable, but it makes it less hurtful, I think. I guess if this rumor ever got legs and mm-hmm. became sort of, maybe got back to this person's partner. Mm-hmm. Like it, it might be better considering. Um, anyways, my point is, is that the way you coped with that is obviously not good, but it is very normal considering the age. And uh, I hope that person who fucked you over and was a shitty best friend learned
1: their ways. That being said, they usually don't. No, like, they just peak. They peak in high school and then yep. that was their glory days and then that's how you get your karma. They turn to worse shitty people
4: Yeah, with and less they,
1: attention. And then they don't thrive in life. And you know what? That's okay. You look at every single person who was like that in high school and they probably didn't make it far past that. That was their glory days. Literally my best friend in high school was the most
2: abusive, awful, toxic person. And, um, I'm definitely living better than her. And I never even had to get back at her, you know, living well is best revenge. That's Mm -hmm. right. All right. Anything else guys? God, you guys weren't even that bad this week, but still I fucking love you. Keep bringing these (laughs) stories because they're bringing me
1: life. They really are. All right. Well, everybody knows what time it is. It's time for Alexis, a.k.a. George. Is it George today, or we are different? So on the heels of last week,
2: our, uh, our poem about, about Elaine was really well received. Mm-hmm. Okay. And George is still really tired, because the summer of George is coming to a close, and uh, he's not in a good place. So today, we are doing the Kramer disclaimer. Oh, yes. Here we go. My name is Kramer, and here's a disclaimer. As a warning before becoming my neighbor, I burst through the doors without hesitation. I'll let myself in if you go on vacation. <laughs> my behavior may drive you to seek relocation. A house rule of mine is that closing is optional. I'll eat half your food. I'm truly unstoppable. My massive hair adds about six inches. My body type has been compared to the Grinches. <laughs> Jerry's privacy is invaded. And when he gives me fruit, I become elated. Zero chill, no boundary, because I'm the devil who lives in 5B. Oh,
0: my God. (laughs) I
1: was like, where is this going to go? Yeah, I love it. Bye. Bye.